Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion, and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine our show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience of Smith Weekly, including Matt S., Todd A., Cindy W., and Paul M. We've got a new guest on the show today. Mr. Stephen Orr has joined us. Steve is CEO and Director of Gato Silver, a silver, lead, and zinc-focused producer in Chihuahua State, Mexico, with its Cerro Los Gatos mine and surrounding exploration grounds. The company is listed on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol G-A-T-O and also on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol G-A-T-O. Mr. Orr, welcome to the show, and how are you, sir? Very good, Andrew. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, Steve, where are you talking to us from today? Vancouver, British Columbia. That's great, and uh, glad you're doing well in light of COVID and, and some of the other issues that are plaguing many parts of the world here. Well, let's kick it off here, Steve, maybe with your introduction. Maybe just talk about your past experience here in the natural resource business. Absolutely. Well, I'm currently the chief executive officer of Gato Silver, and I have been since 2011. And I have a bit over 40 years of experience in the mining industry, including international experience um, at both operational levels and then at executive levels. And previously, I was the president, director, and chief executive officer of Ventanagal Corp, which was a Vancouver-based mineral exploration and development company. And we made a gold discovery in the country of Columbia. And ultimately in 2011, um, that was sold to a Brazilian firm. Prior to that, I was a um, director and chief executive officer at Oceana Gold Corporation, which is a Melbourne, Australia-based mining company with mines in New Zealand and in the Philippines. And um, during my tenure at Oceana Gold, we were able to build and commission two new gold mines in New Zealand. And before that, I was the vice president of North American operations and then the managing director of Australia and African operations with um, Toronto-based Barrick Gold Corporation. And then prior to that, uh, I was president at Homestake Canada, which was a subsidiary of the former San Francisco-based Homestake Mining Company. Extensive career here and just a lot of diverse experience. Certainly remember Ventana here. You reminded me of that. And uh, good to see you here at Gatos as well and working on what you have going here. Well, you've been in the business for a while. Any tips for a younger natural resource executive that is working to build success for their company and their shareholders? Well, I would say that the best way that I have found to build value is to learn, become intimately familiar with the business. I've spent my entire career in resources. I started as a young engineer, uh, working at operations, and then worked my way through. And each component of my career, I have viewed as this is what I want to do <laughs> until I learn it. And once I learn it, then I move on to the next level. And I'm, before you know it, uh, 40 years go by and you look back and you've been able to accomplish a lot. 
but a lot of it is just becoming intimately knowledgeable with the business and focusing on it. I appreciate that, Steve. That's good for not only the investor audience, but uh, maybe some of the institutions and also CEOs that do listen to this program. So the silver markets here, interesting times, becoming more contested on the back of financial breakdown that's occurring in many places, as you know. What's your view with where we are here with silver price? And do you believe that higher silver prices in excess of, say, maybe 50 an ounce here will happen? And will it be allowed by banking institutions? I believe it will. I expect uh, silver to compete with other commodities uh, as we start, hopefully, to evolve into a post-pandemic world. Actually, I think we're on the threshold of a commodity super cycle, and I believe it'll be driven by government spending globally. Commodities in general, and this is to your earlier point, have been out of favor for the last decade, but they're now enjoying a strong rebound, and that's helped by demand from China as it deploys this massive stimulus program. Um, and that particularly applies to base metals and battery metals. However, I think silver in particular will enjoy increasing and sustained demand. And it's due to its dual role as a safe haven monetary asset like gold, but more importantly, it's increasing industrial use in green energy initiatives, particularly solar cells where it represents the most efficient energy collector for photovoltaic cells. And that's due to its high reflectance. In fact, it has the highest reflectance of any element on the periodic table. And the second is its use in 5G cellular technology, which is experiencing rapid global adoption. It also has natural antimicrobial properties. And in this pandemic world, it is enjoying increasing use. In fact, virtually every mobile phone and tablet screen is embedded with silver ions as a natural sterilizer. So all this is happening at a time when global silver production is in decline, and it has been in decline since 2017. Through 2020, silver production has fallen 3.4% year on year, to about 753 million ounces annually. And that's down from what was over 820 million ounces annually being produced. And it represents the lowest mine supply since 2012. And additionally, of the producing silver deposits, only 29% are primarily silver. The vast majority of silver production, which is set, the remaining 71%, is recovered as a byproduct of dominantly base metal mines. And that means that 71% of the silver supply is inelastic relative to demand. Base metal producers are insensitive to silver price and won't change their base metal production due to demand from silver. And that's one of the reasons that I believe the silver price at $25 as it is today is, is undervalued. I definitely think we could see $50 and higher. We have a, an upward trajectory here on the back of not only the reasons you mentioned, but just the price declines that started to occur in 2013 onward. And then of course, you know, bottoming out, call it around 2015, 16 area. And then also just with the environmental and climate pressures and regulatory pressures from governments, um, it's been so hard to get new production permitted, approved 
and actually built uh, during a, a bear market, really, for silver price and, and other commodities. So I think that in itself, just the lead times alone with just the pressures of, you know, anti-mining, not approving projects, the regulatory uh, lead times is increasing, which is a little bit surprising given the technology advancements we've had. That really hurts uh, what we have here for supply going forward. And of course, the increasing demand along with that. Well, let's move to the company here, Steve. You know, this is a new story, uh, new to us, new to the market, uh, listed about six months ago. Just give us a one to two minute overview of the company and operations here. Certainly. Um, Gato Silver is a silver focused exploration, development and production company. And so we have majority ownership in an entirely new silver rich with byproduct zinc and lead mineral district in the southern portion of Chihuahua State in Mexico. And over the last 10 years, we've acquired a mineral rights package totaling over 103,000 contiguous hectares. And on these mineral rights, we've discovered 14 separate zones of mineralization. And in 2014, while remaining private, we brought a Japanese refining company, Doa Metals and Mining, as a 30% joint venture partner to help us with financing. And we were then able to construct and commission our first mine on one of these zones of the 14 that we discovered, and that mine is called Cerro Los Gatos. And we did all of this while remaining private for a decade. Then, as interest in silver and silver equities began increasing, we decided this was the time to do a public listing. And on October 27th of 2020, we completed our initial public offering on the New York Stock Exchange and Toronto Stock Exchange raising just under $173 million, making got the Gato Silver IPO the largest precious metals financing on the New York Stock Exchange and Toronto Stock Exchange in 2020. And the Cerro Los Gatos mine has just completed its commissioning phase. It's now operating its designed production rate of 2,500 tons per day and is now cash flow positive. Steve, talk about just the uh, the capital structure here, the shares outstanding, the cash on hand here uh, after the recent uh, interest increase in the project, and also just the major shareholders that you can mention that are on the roster. Well, we have 59.1 million outstanding uh, common shares. And uh, our cash position at the, generally at the beginning of 2021 was 150 million. Um, and that represented proceeds, uh, a portion of proceeds from the IPO. Um, we would have been able to utilize a portion of that cash, uh, which we announced in the first quarter of this year, to purchase another 18.5% interest in the Los Gatos district. And we now own 70% of that entire district. And then we used another component of that cash to retire a $60 million working capital facility that we had used for the commissioning phase. The initial public offering enjoyed immense support um, from a number of major investment funds. So our largest shareholder uh, is the Electrum Group. And they, the Electrum Group was actually the founder of Gato Silver. And post-IPO, they still own 43% of the company. Our second largest shareholder is Fidelity Management and Research. And they uh, came in very strongly on the IPO and then 
uh, post-IPO have been buying on market and they now own 15% of the company. The third largest shareholder is a pension fund. It's the public employees retirement system in Michigan. Um, they have been a longtime shareholder, very supportive, and they own 10% of the company. And then as a result of the IPO, Van Eck came in very strongly and is a 4% shareholder and uh, Sprott Asset Management came in strongly as a 4% holder and then XOR Investments out of London at 3%. As a combination, that represents 80% of the outstanding shares. And an interesting roster. Uh, good to see Tom Kaplan on there as well as a longtime silver involvement uh, gentleman there with Electrum. Interesting group. I appreciate you sharing that. Do you see any need here for raising capital this year? Um, not at this time. We don't. We, the, as I mentioned, um, the Cerro Los Gatos mine is cash flow positive. Um, we have ample funding to uh, manage uh, our needs as a corporation. And um, the joint venture is uh, able to should be able to generate enough cash to fulfill its obligations. There is a debt facility there um, that we will begin making payments on um, the middle of this year. Excellent. And introduce us to some of the key people at the management and board level that you'd like to point out. Well, as a result of, of the IPO, we um, for a long period of time while we were private, I was uh, both the chairman and the chief executive officer. Um, when we became public, uh, recognizing the need to also all sorts of ESG factors, we separated those two positions and we recently appointed Janice Stairs as our first independent chairman of the board. The management team is uh, still relatively small, but other than myself, um, we have Phil Pyle, who's the vice president of exploration and the chief geologist for the company. Phil has been instrumental in our success in that he was the, the co-discoverer of the Los Gatos district. And um, he's been involved with the company for the last decade uh, uh, as well as myself. And then we have uh, John Kenyon, who is our chief operating officer. John uh, has over 40 years of experience as well, extensive operational experience, um, and he's worked with me over 20 of those 40 years at the various companies uh, that I have run. We also have Roger Johnson as our uh, chief financial officer. Roger also has over 40 years, uh, extensive uh, experience with resource companies, and um, he came uh, to work with us about a decade ago uh, from Newmont Mining Corporation. And then we have Adam Dubas, and he's our chief uh, administrative officer. Adam was previously with KPMG, but joined very early after the company was formed uh, a decade ago. And so has been extensively involved with uh, all of our successes. In Mexico, um, our vice president of Mexico is Luis Felipe Huerta. Uh, Luis Felipe is actually of Peruvian descent, but he has extensive resource experience throughout uh, Central and South America and uh, has previous experience. He was involved with Fortuna Silver in uh, constructing and commissioning the San Jose mine. Uh, Luis Felipe joined us just prior to us beginning the construction and development and was instrumental on the successful 
uh, development and commissioning of uh, Cerro Los Gatos. And by the way, Cerro Los Gatos is, uh, was projected to cost, require 316 million of pre-production capex, and we were able to build it and commission it on time for 310 million. Steve, I appreciate that and pointing out some of the members there. And of course, uh, coming in under budget and on time is a rarity given that the nature of the sector is to typically present the most opportunistic and optimistic views uh, in, in a lot of these presentations out there. But to actually do it is a whole other thing. So congratulations on that front. At Los Gatos, from my understanding, you guys have steady state production here and are now working to gain on some more cost efficiencies. Talk about that ongoing work, and with the silver, zinc, and lead prices where they are here today, what are your rough expectations on positive cash flows for the rest of the year and also into early 2022? Well, uh, in terms of cash flow, a lot of that is going to, of course, Andrew, be price dependent. But um, regarding the operations, just to provide some background context, due to COVID-19, 2020 was a pretty challenging year because we were still commissioning the operation when the COVID-19 pandemic started. And then by May of 2020, the infection rate in Mexico was increasing dramatically and we were really quite concerned. In April, the Mexican government mandated an emergency health suspension of businesses and they included mining in that mandate. So we effectively lost about two months of production. But we used the time to acquire PCR molecular testing capabilities, and we instituted strong COVID-19 prevention protocols. So when we reactivated, and that was in June of 2020, we resumed production, commissioning at a slower pace to ensure that we could maintain our COVID-19 prevention pro protocols and prevent an outbreak of the pandemic at the project. And we achieved that. And we're now operating at 2,500 tons per day, and, and we achieved that rate uh, in January of this year. And our processing plant is performing beyond our expectations. Our silver recovery is 86.2%, uh, and it's about 1% above what we expected from the test metallurgical testing we did for the feasibility study. The zinc recovery is at 73.3%, and it's exactly what we expected from the feasibility. And the lead recovery is 87.1%, and it's 2% above what we expected from the feasibility study. So 2021, uh, to your point, Andrew, is our first full year of production. And we're calling it a year of optimization. We expect to produce between 7.5 to 7.9 million ounces of silver, 4.5 to 5,000 ounces of gold, and 40 to 42 million pounds of lead, and 49 to 52 million pounds of zinc. And we expect to do that at an all-in sustaining cost of between 17 to $17.50 uh, per silver ounce. So in terms of cash, the joint venture uh, has a $210 million debt facility that uh, was loaned to us through our joint venture partner and is backed by a syndicate of Japanese banks. In fact, it's Mizuho and the Japanese Bank for an International Cooperation. That uh, debt facility, we will begin uh, paying down on the principal and the interest uh, mid-year of this year. There is a feature in that debt facility that provides a cash sweep. So any excess cash flow that comes out 
except for what we need for operating costs, sustaining capital requirements for the joint venture, stays in the joint venture and, and will be swept to the banks for, to accelerate the pay down of the debt facility. So there will be no cash flow coming out of uh, the joint venture for the first few years until that debt facility is extinguished. And then one other comment in terms of our optimization this year, there are a number of strategic capital initiatives that we are going to be doing to enhance production uh, proficiency and to maintain best in class standards. Our objective when we built Cerro Los Gatos, knowing that we control an entire district was to build it for decades of, of construction. And we did well, it, it is very well capitalized. In 2021, it will be our highest year of sustaining CapEx because there's additional things we're doing to build this mine and this company for the future. Because we believe uh, that we are very fortunate to have discovered a district. Very few exploration companies ever do that. And so our objective is to build an enduring company for decades and to become a dominant silver producer. And so we're expecting sustaining capital expenditures of between 65 to 75 million. And um, we're going to be, be constructing a pace fill plant, uh, which will allow us to directly inject tailings back into the open voids after we complete mining the mineralization in, in those areas. And it also will, uh, right now, our ore trucks haul backfill back into the mine which constrains the productivity of our haulage. So that will increase our haulage productivity. Um, we'll be putting an additional lift on our tailings impoundment, and our tailings impoundment was built to state-of-the-art standards. Mexico doesn't necessarily require tailings impoundment to be lined. Ours is double-lined with leak detection. Every one of the lifts that we do on the tailings impoundment is a downstream lift because um, that is best practice and ensures that we have structurally the strongest uh, dam possible. And then we'll, we will be installing a second mine refrigeration plant on the surface. So as many underground mines are, this mine has a relatively high geothermal gradient. And it's important to us that we maintain a, a manageable ambient temperature through the mine for our employees because it is safer for them and we can maintain good productivity. We built our first plant um, uh, last year and commissioned it. Uh, it proved it, it's very successful as a technology and as a result of that, we will build, be building a second plant in another area of the mine and we'll be commissioning that this summer. Good detail here, Steve. Lots of good stuff going on here, and it's certainly understood that you guys have uses for all of the cash here as, as we continue. And we're also just at a really good price environment here to make it work in your guys' favor. Um, maybe this is a good time to expand into the exploration work that's in the district, and, and maybe you could talk about the potential here and, and really the potential to continue to expand this as you've suggested. The work over at Esther and Amapola deposits Talk about your guys' work here, because I know you're going to spend some money over here. Cover that and, and how important this expansion is going to be as you guys continue to most likely continue to prove up a lot longer mine life here as you guys go. 
Absolutely. And uh, it, it is essential now that we have built the first mine and, and commissioned it in Los Gatos. We view this as just opening the door to the district. And so um, a portion of the proceeds from the IPO, we, we, we have uh, earmarked $15 million, is for three exploration programs um, that we will be conducting. And in um, once we received proceeds uh, in October, in December of 2020, we commenced a 27,000 meter exploration program, um, which uh, is going to do three things. One is um, uh, uh, we will be, uh, we currently have three drills at the Cerro Los Gatos deposit. So Cerro Los Gatos still has 3.2 million tons of remaining inferred resource along with the 10.5 million tons of measured and indicated resource. And so our objective with this program is to extend this deposit along strike because we believe this deposit will become much bigger than it is today. And it is only one of, four, of the 14 separate zones of mineralization. So um, we believe that we'll be able to convert all 3.2 million tons and add additional tons into uh, the inferred resources. So the importance of that program for us is that, and, and that will be completed this year, is that once we convert that, it increases, it will either increase the life of Cerro Los Gatos, or it helps us to justify increasing the production rate. And that's exactly what we plan to do. Even before we built Cerro Los Gatos, we contemplated taking, starting it at 2,500 tons per day and increasing it to 3,000 tons per day. And the reason we uh, did that is that we did two mine plans based on the original resource from the feasibility study. And one was at 2,500 and one was at 3,000 tons per day. And both of them worked, but we decided we'd be conservative and start at 2,500 tons per day with the intention that once we stabilized the operation and had it consistently producing at 2,500, we would increase it to 3,000. And with that in mind, when we put the capital estimate together for the Cerro Los Gatos mine, we purchased mills that could operate at 3,000 tons per day because the capital cost wasn't that much higher. We built the processing plant with a much larger footprint contemplating that we may uh, have to increase the flotation capacity. Now, interestingly enough, our processing plant has turned out to be so efficient because it's completely instrumented. Um, we have on-stream analyzers. We know in real time as we are producing the concentrate exactly what grades we have going, being fed into the processing plant. And so we're able to optimize our, our reagents and optimize our recoveries automatically. So now, uh, once we conduct this exploration program and increase the resource, there'll be further justification to go to 3,000 tons per day. So we expect that uh, after we've completed this program, next year, we'll be doing a feasibility study to justify that. And the next thing we'll do is increase the production rate, which of course has a meaningful positive impact on the NAV for just Cerro Los Gatos. Yep. We have a second program then. <laughs> and that second program is another 5,400 meter 
exploration program that we'll be doing at a project that is 100% owned by Gato Silver. And uh, that's called Santa Valeria. Now it's within the, Got the Los Gatos district region, but it's outside the boundary of the joint venture. And this was a result of regional exploration work done by our exploration team. And over the last 10 years, our team has recognized that the 14 known zones of mineralization within the Los Gatos district are all aligned along one flank of a large basinal structure, regional basinal structure. And so for a number of years, we were searching for the other side of that flank and we found it. And then it took us some time to acquire the mineral rights over it, but there had been drilling done there previously by a junior company and they had intercepted economic intercepts. Well, we've now been able to put together a mineral rights package and um, we have just initiated that program and we are still drilling the first hole. Uh, we're very excited about it. It's a proof of concept, um, but we're very optimistic uh, as well. And then there's a third program that we will be starting. Uh, we've told the market we'll be starting about mid-year, but um, we've been very pleased that the Mexican government has now approved our permits, and that's to restart the regional exploration within the Los Gatos district. And the first place we're gonna go is what you previously mentioned, the ester deposit. And the ester deposit is only four kilometers away from Cerro Los Gatos. And we believe it's an analog to Cerro Los Gatos. So we'll be conducting um, basically a definition drilling program here because Esther already has a an NI43-101 compliant resource statement with it, but we haven't drilled that deposit since 2012 when we've refocused all our efforts just on Cerro Los Gatos in an effort to develop that into a mine. So we're very excited to get back there. And we learned so much through the additional definitional drilling that we did at Cerro Los Gatos to convert as much of the inferred resource into measured and indicated as possible to use it in the feasibility. And so we intimately understand these uh, epithermal systems now. And we understand that the metals deposition uh, happens in, in various horizons. We understand that the uh, precious metals are in the upper regions of the system. And as you transition to depth, you get into stronger and stronger base metals profile. And so with that knowledge and going back to Esther, we now know where we were in the system when we stopped drilling. And we believe very quickly uh, we can drill this system out and begin the development process for this to be the second uh, mine that we build in the Los Gatos district. And our long-term objective with the Los Gatos district is that we intend to, to continue constant uh, district exploration now that we, we're going to be restarting it with the objective of progressively building additional mines, progressively increasing the resource in the Los Gatos district and progressively increasing the silver and zinc production out of that district. Just two things here that came to mind while you were talking. Talk about the distance here. I mean, some of these satellite deposits that are coming up and some of these targets for exploration, um, my suspicion is, is these are amenable within a, a distance that is, is reasonable and handled with the existing facilities, one. And then two, as silver prices continue to stay the same or go higher, and of course, you know, lead zinc prices, 
um, will you guys look to further staged expansion at the Los Gatos facilities? We may. The district scale is massive. A long trend of the mineralization, our mineral rights, uh, continuous mineral rights extend for 60 kilometers. And in width, um, it's about 40 kilometers a scale. And it's going to be kind of a hub and spoke uh, type of system where Cerro Los Gatos processing facility will be basically the hub. And then we will progressively begin drilling out these zones, uh, starting with the closest one to the processing plant and then working our way to the Northwest um, on the other zones of mineralization. I believe over time, and as we start to see the profile of these separate zones of mineralization grow, we'll then be in a position to make a decision whether it makes more sense to just haul or uh, to convey the ore back to uh, the Cerro Los Gatos plant, or whether when we get far to the northwest, we would consider building another processing facility. But it's a great problem to have. Certainly. So Mexico is a jurisdiction. As you know, there's a number of operators that come to mind from the exploration side to the producer end, you know, maybe like a developer of Discovery Metals, a producer such as yourself, Endeavor, Silvercrest versus Majestic Pan American. Some companies have had more challenges dealing with the government, Steve, and of course the community as well, while others have had actually better success. How are the relations with the government and how are you making sure that the relationship stays in alignment? Our relationships are, I think, extraordinarily good. All the achievements at, that we've made at Los Gatos just wouldn't have been possible without the support of the regional government and the regular, regulatory agencies, and uh, most importantly, the communities that are impacted by the project. So we've recognized since the very beginning, and a lot of this is just the fact that uh, many of us have had extensive experience working internationally um, in, in developing mineral deposits and understand just how important uh, com community engagement is. And we just recognized that early on that it was essential that we conduct our development and our operations in a way that, it, one, protects our employees' safety, and that is really important. Um, Secondly, that it doesn't harm the environment. And thirdly, that it ensures that the local communities benefit, not only through employment opportunities, but through things like education assistance, medical care support, um, provision of sustainable clean water. So recognizing this, um, one, we built the Cerro Los Gatos mine to world-class environmental standards. We really want this to be a model operation for Mexico. We ensure the operation is not causing air pollution through enclosure of the ore storage areas that could emit dust during wind events. We constructed the tailing storage facility with a double liner, as I mentioned before, to prevent any water contamination. And we conduct continual reclamation in inactive disturbed areas of the project. In terms of the community support, we have one ejido that is um, not on the mineral rights, but it's close to the project. It's called San Jose del Sitio. And we built the first full-time medical clinic in that ejido. 
And then we entered into an agreement with doctors from Mexico Social Services to staff that full time. And we annually fund the purchase of educational materials for the local schools. We provide annual scholarships for students to attend the University of Chihuahua. We funded the redevelopment of the community water system to ensure access to sustainable source of water. Um, so, you know, we believe that one is we're devoted to this and we believe that improving the lives of those impacted by our project, well, it's been recognized by the government and the local communities. And as a result, we've never had any opposition to the project. Yeah, that's excellent, Steve. And, you know, as you would probably agree here, the recent ESG push has been a concept that has really been designed and practiced many decades ago. And the importance, too, of, of not necessarily doing what you think you should do for the community, but actually talking to the community and finding out what they need most and also doing compare contrast of the various things that can be done in the community. So far, you guys have been doing a great job and to keep up that work. So I appreciate you sharing that information. Well, I want to move to overall strategy here. You know, this is a mid-tier growth company, and I think you've alluded to it here in this discussion, but you guys have the intent here to really expand into a multi-project, multi-mine operation in Mexico. Is the goal to continue to remain in Mexico as you do this? And then also through this price cycle, which I think you guys have hit about right, and I think we're in a really good position for the commodity cycle here, is the company open to an exit by being taken out by a major or will you guys continue to grow into a major? Andrew, I think the best way to answer that question is that we're here to create value for shareholders. And whether that's by continuing to discover resources within the Los Gatos district and then building more mines to progressively increase silver, zinc and lead production from the district, or merging the company at the right valuation. But quite honestly, we're indifferent. And, and um, I, I can't see us doing any kind of tuck-in acquisitions anytime soon because there's so much pros prospectivity within the Los Gatos district. But um, we certainly wouldn't ignore an approach um, if we could see a clear value proposition um, for our shareholders, um, nor would we ignore the opportunity to uh, acquire another asset or another company, but it clearly has to be a creative. And that's tough to do in this business. And I think generally, one of the things we found through our marketing in the IPO was that uh, part of the intrigue with this company, other than the fact that we had been able to remain private and, and and actually discover an entire district and, and build and commission a mine um, and get all of that risk uh, behind us before we brought the company public. Um, the other intrigue was that here finally was a small mining company that had discovered enough potential resource that it wouldn't be forced to go out and do um, dilutive M&A just to continue growing the company. So um, that influenced a number of our investors to come into this with the IPO. So there's strong, strong support for us to continue to try to grow this district. So 
we're open to many opportunities, but our focus uh, for at least uh, a while will be Los Gatos. Fully understood. And it'll be interesting to see what happens because we are early in the cycle here. And I think you would also agree that uh, any potential pipeline growth and M&A type work is typically best suited uh, early on in the cycle rather than towards the late stages of the cycle from a valuation standpoint. And you being in this business for a while, we've seen transactions that happened in 2015 and 2016, 2017 throughout the sector, uh, both in silver and base metals and also gold. Um, later on, as you guys uh, start to get Los Gatos under your belt, do you guys see that there's any uh, interest in pipeline building beyond Mexico, or will you guys really try to stay in Mexico here? Um, the only constraint for us, as a matter of fact, uh, Andrew, in our early days, uh, we were called Sunshine Silver Mining and Refining Corporation, and uh, we had two assets. We had the discovery at uh, Cerro Los Gatos um, and the Los Gatos District. And we also had the iconic uh, Sunshine Mine in Idaho. And as a result of, uh, of the work that we were doing and the success that we had in Mexico, of course, the focus for the company became Los Gatos uh, as a district scale asset. And there was a decision made uh, uh, with Electrum that it was probably in the best interest that we separate the Sunshine Mine asset out and separately list Los Gatos. So clearly um, we were all at one point in time basically a, a multinational asset company and we would do that again um, but we are very careful about the jurisdictions that we would go into. We want to make sure that we go into jurisdictions that uh, where we can be successful and we can retain the benefits of that success for our shareholders. And the number of countries where that's possible is uh, declining. But Mexico is a terrific place to make resource investments and be able to generate value for shareholders. The United States is a terrific place to do that and Canada is a terrific place to do that. Uh, and there are others. So we will do that, but we are going to be selective about where we go. Well, finishing up here, for potential investors who are on the sidelines listening, market cap of the company stands about 815 million Canadian here. What would you say to them at this stage and at current price levels? Why should they consider Gato Silver now? Well, because Gato Silver has unconstrained organic growth potential. We have the second largest mineral rights package of our producing peers in Mexico, over 103,000 hectares. And we've only explored 15% of that land position to date. Um, we've discovered an entire new silver-rich district with byproduct zinc and lead. And over the last decade, while we remained private, we managed to finance, develop, and commission our first operating mine on just one of the known 14 zones of mineralization. And you know, the Cerro Los Gatos zone currently has 103 million ounces of silver in its resource. And it has over 1.5 billion pounds of zinc and about 800 million pounds of lead. Now, when you consider that Cerro Los Gatos is one of 14 zones of mineralization, it's not hard to believe that this district contains over a billion ounces of silver. Simple enough. That cuts it and dries it for us here, Steve. 
best way for investors to reach out to the company? Well, through our website is www.gatosilver.com or email us at info at gatosilver.com. Well, Steve, really appreciate you taking the time to come on and introduce the company to us. Thanks for coming on the show and stay well out there. I wish you guys luck as you continue to ramp up efforts at the Los Gatos project and mine. Thank you very much, Andrew. It's been a pleasure.